0: Hello friends, today we are going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 14, verses 6 through 9. And here's what it says, A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. So we're going to look at each one of these verses just briefly, Uh, and they give us a number of insights into two different kinds of people that are walking two different paths with two different hearts, and Solomon shows us the contrast between the knowledge that comes from God and the arrogance of the foolish person. I mean... How they think they're wise and smart. So first verse six, a scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Why can't the scoffer find wisdom? I mean, he seems to want to be known for being wise, right? But for some reason, he can't find wisdom. I suppose it's because he never really admits he's wrong about anything that he doesn't know something. Only when a person admits they don't know will they be able to, to learn something. So as the scoffer just goes through life and he tries to debunk what others say, he's elevating himself above them and he would never lower himself to seek counsel from them because that might imply that they're wiser than he is. And that's just the way he is. That's his heart. Then the last part of this verse talks about how for a man of understanding, a man who knows he's broken, he understands that, he he knows he's lacking, he's prone to wander, he feels it, he needs good and true counsel. For him, it is an easy thing to seek godly knowledge. He hungers for it, in fact, it's like good food for his soul. He makes it his banquet, he wants to eat these good words of truth his whole life long. Uh, Then we move to verse seven and all these verses, they relate together about these two different kinds of people. Here's what it says. Leave the presence of a fool for there you do not meet words of knowledge. So it's talking about uh, maybe a righteous man, a man who who actually wants knowledge. He wants understanding Uh, for you. Hey, leave the presence of a fool. The understanding person, he he sees through a foolish person's hard heart, right? He sees through his arrogance and he knows they do not have good counsel and neither are they open to receive good counsel. So, you know, it's true. We become like those that we choose to fellowship with, those that we enjoy fellowship with, those that we long to be with. We become like those people. And so we leave the presence of the foolish person. And that's not to say that we don't witness to those people. Uh, We don't proclaim Jesus to them. No, we do. But our fellowship is not in them. So next Solomon says, verse 8, The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. So again, this prudent person. Is wise in that he discerns his own way. He sees his brokenness, as we talked about. He sees his need, how uh, he falls a million miles short of God's glory. Uh, and he, see, he seeks advice, like the person in verse 6, and he does not long to uh, seek out uh, fellowship with the foolish person. And lastly for today, Solomon says this this great verse fools mock at the guilt offering. But the upright enjoy acceptance. The guilt offering that the Jewish people gave to the Lord in Solomon's day was a lamb without any blemishes. didn't have any broken legs. Uh, it was not flawed. It pointed to the promised Messiah. And uh, Leviticus 5 talks about the guilt offering verses 17 through 19 Uh, Says this if anyone sins and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, even though they do not know it, they are guilty and will be held responsible. They are to bring to the priest as a guilt offering a ram from the flock, one without defect and of the proper value. In this way, the priest will make atonement for them for the wrong they have committed unintentionally and they will be forgiven. It is a guilt offering. They had been guilty of wrongdoing against the Lord. So when God opened the eyes of people, so they realized that they were sinners, for example, uh, possibly it was years before in their life, and now they see that they had wronged their neighbor in what they did. They had maybe stolen or or treated someone unfairly without love. And this conviction came upon their life because God opened their eyes to this. So they were to offer an unblemished lamb as a guilt offering to the Lord, and in the New Testament, it was John the Baptist who proclaimed this in John one twenty nine. He said, "Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world." And he was he was referring to Jesus as he passed by. And in Solomon's day, some thought that this guilt offering was actually a foolish practice, uh, but it pointed to the one who offered the only hope for the sins of mankind. We see a lot of people today that mock believers saying that uh, believing in Jesus has always been for the weak people who walk the face of the earth. (laughs) They probably don't know how right they really are. We human beings are utter weaklings in that we are namby-pamby pushovers for sin. For example, today as a nation, we're realizing the evil and wrongness of slavery and prejudice? Well, the father of lies, Satan himself, who first tempted Eve, he has made us slaves to sin. Each one of us. We come into this life with a heart for serving Satan. We don't realize it, but we are weaklings to the furthest extent. Slaves to sin. And the good news is that, as Romans 5, 6 says, for while we were still weak at the right time." Christ died for the ungodly. Why is that awesome news? The guilt offering has been paid. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who never sinned, and so is without spot or blemish, He freely laid down His life on the cross and was paid the wages of our sin. And God applies, or He imputes, He, he gives His righteousness to all who look to Him in faith. All who, with joy, turn away from Him. Delight in sin to delight in Jesus. And that's our initial repentance. We who once treasured various promises of sin as we sought after the next possibility for satisfaction, which always ended in regret, right? But now God has given us eyes to see Jesus as the greatest treasure in the whole universe worth leaving all to follow after the rest of our life, God opened our eyes to that. Just as he opened the eyes of people in the Old Testament to, to their sin, he's, he's shown us that we were seeking the wrong treasure. <laughs> Something that would end in death, but the treasure of Jesus ends in life. So after Jesus died to pay the wages of our sin, God gives us who believe the same power that raised him up from the grave to live victorious lives over sin in this world. And so we live lives in in these circles of repentance. It began when we first turned to Christ. And as we grow in Christ practically, even though we're positionally 100% righteous, we grow practically being made more like him the rest of our lives. And we keep turning back. When we fall, we humbly look back To the offering of Jesus on the cross who has already paid the wages of our sin. And in joy, we take up our cross again and follow him day after day. Father God, thank you for Jesus and how he is the guilt offering. And help us not to take that for granted. But uh, you give us acceptance through Jesus Christ. Fellowship with God, accepted by God. So Father, help us to discern your wisdom, your truth, and to believe your promises and forsake the promises of sin and rejoice in you. and Walk in your peace the rest of our life. We love you so much. Thank you for this great gift through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray.